Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good morning. Good morning. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. This is an interactive call-in show where you call in. Ask the questions or comments or concerns or used car, new car. Try to help you out the best we can, give you the, the top two answers. I am Bob along with Kyle this week, as always. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's starting to, it was really kind of hot. We got some, got a lot of air conditioning work last, Thank last God week. for that. Yeah. I almost yeah. forgot how to do it. <laughs> no. Gosh. You never forget how to do it, <laughs> you know. And where most cars are, you know, the 134A, which started in 1994 up to the present, which yeah. I think was 96-ish, depending on the on the product model. Um, that's, you know, we've all gotten maybe kind of used to charging that. It's easy. It's easy. Well, they got new stuff out now. It's called 1234YF. That's not easy. It's, well, it's easy to charge, but you, but you need to sit down when it comes to recharging it. So time-consuming. Time-consuming, yes. And uh, where that bill might be, a, you know, maybe a couple hundred bucks to charge your old car, these new ones can be anywhere from four to $600 just to charge it. And that's not even counting yeah, what you... Yeah, they haven't even fixed the problem yet. They haven't fixed the problem yet. So... Air conditioning is like uh, it's it's colorless and odorless. You can't really see it. You can smell it if it really goes out all one shot. I think you're but, smelling more of the oil, though. Yeah, you are smelling more of the oil. And, and that's kind of why we dye it so that we can actually see it. Dye it yellow so you can see it with an ultraviolet light for, for those of you who don't do this. And uh, then, then you got to start with the leak because if it's low. It's leaking. It's leaking. And just like air in a tire, if it's low. It's leaking. It's leaking. So... You just can't see it, so that's kind of why we do it. But uh, that is hopefully that number comes down. That this new refrigerant is pretty expensive because it is still new on the market, and a lot of that was handled by the dealers at the time. But now it's starting to get out there. We're seeing later. more and more every year. Yeah, we're seeing more and more. But um, you'll you'll have some sticker shock if uh, and all these new cars have it because it's it's the new environmentally friendly air conditioning refrigerant as. The old stuff was the old new. Environmentally friendly. Yeah, the old the new. stuff before that was not so friendly. At all. Or environmentally. But, <laughs> and I don't remember this, but and neither do you, but I've heard tell stories of the older mechanics that used to use uh, propane. Used to use propane in the air conditioning, but it was a sealed system. That was Until long. it leaks. Yeah, well, I know, I know. <laughs> well, then. And then you're grilling, I guess. Something bad's going to happen. Yeah, well, they didn't use it for very long. Then, then they found R12 and blah, 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 blah. Before so. that, it was dry ice. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, dry ice with a bag out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, you had a truck like that, so did I. Yeah. Still uh, got the air conditioner somewhere. I got to find that. Yeah. Makes it kind of moist inside the uh, the cabin. A little bit. A little bit, but cool is cool. Yeah. 
All right, we're going to head over to Travis. Got an 08 Pontiac Torrent. Travis, what's going on? Yeah, really quick question. Um, they don't make these cars anymore. Now, the mechanic doesn't seem to be that concerned, but when I um, have been driving and then I'll pull up and park and shut it off when the weather's a little warmer, the fan will kick on even after the car's shut off and I step away from it. Mm -hmm. stays on for a couple minutes. How common is that on, on some of the older cars? It's like a 08 SUV. That can be very common. Yeah. It's kind of got to cool down that system. Yeah, it's kind of disconcerting, isn't it? Yeah, because the temperature, temperature gauge doesn't go up or anything. It's just no. kind of weird that this fan starts running when I shut off the car. Well, some of there's just a, everything's so closed up in there. So a, a lot of Hondas used to do this. Yeah, uh, Mini Cooper does it. Yeah, Mini Cooper does it. So the hottest temperature a car's ever going to get is the first five minutes after you shut it down. Um, because uh -huh. it, it's just nothing's moving anymore, and it's just stop and off you go. Uh, there's a lot of room underneath some cars to dissipate all that heat, and then some are packed in there like sardines, and if they kick that fan on for an extra two, three minutes and, and dissipate all that heat out of there, it just doesn't bake near as much. Um, and that's just your secondary fan. So, yeah, it's kind of disconcerting. You always kind of get used to it and think it's going to sh shut off, and 99% of the time it does, and... One of these days, it's not. But <laughs> yeah, it's, stuck relay. Okay. I, I I agree with what your mechanic is telling you that it's, it's not an issue. Um, it's not really anything. You, I suppose you could probably trace it down and pull that relay and make it stop. But then, why? Yeah, it's it's, it's doing normal. It's doing its job. The manufacturers figured out that it must have wanted to heat up a little bit more at that particular time. So that's why they they drug it on for a couple, two, three minutes. Okay, that's, that's comforting then. Uh, can I ask you one other real quick one? Sure. Um, the how does the tire sensor thing communicate with the car? Because this car, I've got tire alarms even when the tires are not low. Um, how does How is that intended to work? How do those tire sensors communicate back to the car? Radio. Radio frequency. Oh, it's but, in the tire? Well, yeah, there's two different, there's kind of, there's two different, ways that works one has got a sensor in the tire and that just reports as it's going around and around it has a pressure sensor in there and that reports over to the car and says okay you're 32 and the rest of them are 60 and that's why the light comes on um and some general motors and that may be what you have back then they had more of a static system that uh it kind of re more relied on the abs system each tire needs to be 32 pounds Otherwise, the the amount of wheel speed sensors. Yep, the wheel speed sensor can detect that and say, okay, the the left rear must be twenty pounds because it's the signal coming off of that is is different than the other ones. So I kind of like that system because you don't have all the the, the sensors in there. Yeah. Um. That, but that's the two ways that it works is either by frequency and off the uh, the ABS slash system. So if I get four new tires and the and the alarms don't go away, then there's something with the computer maybe? Yeah, or, you know. It could it be a sensor. could be yeah. any number of things. But there's going to be a code in there that yeah. you can scan. And yeah, so it, it, exactly what Kyle's saying. It, there's So all those tire pressure monitors that are inside the, the tires have a tiny watch battery in them. And those watch batteries are not replaceable. They're embedded in there with uh, glue. So they're going to last from anywhere from, I've seen them as, as two seven years. years. Yeah, seven to ten years. I've seen them go out as easy as two to four. But 
majority of them will stay in there for seven to ten. And then they just start to one goes bad, then another one goes bad, and then they just kind of cascades from there. Okay. How many years ago did they start doing that? I don't I don't recall that back in the day. No, three or so. Yeah. Ford Explorers had that issue. Somewhere along that line. And, oh, and yours just may have rubber. GM was the one that had rubber valve stems back in that day, and they decided to just uh, do it uh, like statically off of the ABS and system. So you may not even have sensors in there. It, it, it's they did and didn't, and then they did again, and then they they didn't didn't. Now we're back to something new. Yeah, now we're okay. back to something new. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I don't know why they got to switch. I mean, I, I like that system where you don't have to worry about them in the tires. Maybe it wasn't as accurate as uh, the ones that the sensors are in there now. So, okay, well that's been very helpful. I appreciate the info. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate the call. Yep. Thanks, guys. You bet. Tire sensors. Tire sensors. You know, I tell you what, um, if you pay attention to them, it can save yourself um, a couple hundred dollars from buying a buying a tire. Yeah. Really, it can if you if you pay attention to it. A lot of people don't. Uh, I'll ask, how long's that been on? I say, well, it's always been on. Well. Yeah, the tire light's always on in my truck. Well, yeah, and but you've learned to check the tires and just kind of monitor it and take a look and say, oh, it's kind that. of an odd problem because you know we got the same kind of truck. I can scroll through there and check all my yeah. tires on a dash, but the light won't ever go out and it won't set a code either. Mm. Somebody, the wireless control module underneath the dash. Before I had the truck, somebody wired a remote start into there and was Tap. shorted. Tapped into that. Yep. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, and now I'm stuck with the problem. Not every red wire underneath the dash is something to be tapped into. No. There's a lesson for today. They did a terrible job. It took me the better part of an afternoon to straighten it all out. But <laughs> we live and learn. <laughs> yeah, we live and learn. All right, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in, and uh, we'll be back in a minute. Coming to theaters this spring. Hey, Bob. Oh, hi. Hey, it's getting real busy out here in the garage. You uh, think you can come help us out? The story of one mechanic's fight. To believe in himself. Help out? Uh, in the garage? Uh, but I'm just a cashier. When no one else would believe in him. I've seen you under the hood, Bob. I know you got what it takes. Tell me something. Love 
Can't get loose, so they're just too from the makers of A Star Is Born comes the next movie to lose an Oscar with Bradley Cooper as Mark. Bob, you're the best damn mechanic I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of mechanics. Probably at least like 20. And Lady Gaga as Bob. You're the only one who's ever believed in me. I love you. This spring, A Mechanic Is Born. Coming to a garage near you. The Mr. Mechanic Show is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Call to schedule your appointment today at 402-393-2722. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in so we can help you solve your problem or answer your questions. We are Buchanan Service Centers at 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and... Guaranteed breaks, 49th Avenue in Dodge, which is, uh, as we said before, we're on Dodge. Dodge. You should be able to find it. Shouldn't Not be a hard. problem. We're here. We're here. We can do it. Look for the neon signs. <laughs> I, I found an article the other day, and I thought this was kind of interesting. And, you know, uh, you may or may not know Tesla has a summons. You can summons your car to the uh, front door so that you don't have to walk all the way out to the parking lot to get well, it. Well, geez, Jameson, what's next? <laughs> Well, it kind of follows the lines in you know in the parking lot, and it's got to have that, so it kind of knows what's going on. Um, so somebody did this on you know they, they they flew you know the private jet in, and then the the Tesla was there, and they summons the Tesla, and it ran into the back of a of a private airplane right on the on the tarmac of the oh, runway. No, <laughs> of all the things, I know it, I know it. You uh, so apparently it follows the lines. There's not enough lines. I guess we're lucky it didn't drive out to the runway. On the runway, yes. I think it's probably heading towards the remote, which is probably well. In your case, probably might be in your purse, Kyle. I don't know. Yeah, my purse. You know, I got so many remotes in there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, I guess uh, caution if you're out driving one of those and you're close to the airport and you're summons and summonsing. Yeah, yeah. Is that a word? Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. To come get you, you might want to be careful. How do you explain that to the insurance guy? This is like that State Farm commercial where they got that museum of just destruction. Yeah. And well, yeah, somebody had to call somebody because you. Yeah, you nobody. Just, well, I'll just fix that when we get home. It's not like getting a fender bender on the corner of the street and you say, well, you know, no damage was done. I think it looks good and I want to take uh, off here in about an hour. What'd you hit? Um, it's a, <laughs> it's a um, airplane. airplane. Yeah, we hit an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure they have a book, you know, like we have at the gas station of all the crazy things we have. I'm sure the insurance guy has a bigger book of all the things that. I need to have a beer with one of these guys, like a really like seasoned, <laughs> long in the tooth claims adjuster. Yeah, a yeah. There you go. Field adjuster. You know, I want to. I want to get to the bottom of what's going on. Tell me the easiest one you've heard, and tell me the worst one. <laughs> tell me the craziest one you've heard. I'm sure there is. Boy, if you got that, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you right yeah. here on the radio. So, all right, we're going to head over to Frankie. Wants advice on a new car. Frankie, go ahead. All right, first time caller and first time listener. How you guys doing? Doing great. Kind of all right. So, uh, I don't know if I should get a CVT transmission car or a manual transmission. I don't know which one. Well, so I need your uh, your advice. They're they're pretty much 
they're all unfortunately kind of heading towards the CBT transmission. And they're probably going to keep that until such time as everything goes electric in about 50 years. And then we won't yeah. have to worry about it anymore. But what kind of model are you looking at? Yeah, there's not a lot of manual transmissions anymore. Yeah. That's well, I mean, not like new, new. I mean, like uh, pre-owned or like used manual because I am looking at a, well, what, well, I mean, I know that CBTs get great, uh, what's it called? Mileage. Great, uh, great mileage. Thank you. Great mileage. And uh, the manuals are much more fun. Right. But, but my first car was a manual. It was a 94 Corolla. And uh, I drove until the wheels fell off. Right. It had 650,000 miles on it. Wow. So what what kind yeah, of car what kind of car are you looking at now that that would that would have a CVT transmission or you don't have a, a model in mind at the moment? Well, right now I'm I think I was thinking of getting a Mirage a a Mitsubishi Mirage G4. Okay, I would I would get a stick but, shift. Yeah, I would get a stick shift. A stick shift. It's, if yeah, you're gonna get, get a one, manual. yeah, yeah, get a manual if you're gonna get one of those cars. Um, I knew it. So, yeah, I know because yeah, I'm looking they're... for one right now. <laughs> well, yeah, some, they didn't have such good luck with know. their automatics. Yeah, you know, I mean, so, some some of them have great uh, luck with the CVTs. I'd say Subaru, Subaru. Has, has really great luck with their CVTs. I think Toyota does Toyota a great does job. Great. Honda. Uh, Honda does a pretty good job with it. You don't see a lot problems. of problems with those. Nissan, stay away from. There you go. Nissan, Suzuki, stay Mitsubishi. Get a manual. Yeah, N Nissan, Mitsubishi, uh, what'd you say, Suzuki? Find, find a manual transmission. All right. Thank you so you much. Bet. I hope you that helped. Thanks for All right. Appreciate the call. Yep. Yeah. All right. It's getting hard to find manual transmissions it anymore. Is. Anymore, you gotta, you're talking like a, the top end sports cars, the WRXs, you know. Yeah, and I think Toyota has that new GT, I can't remember, GT86. Yeah, so that's I'm, that combination between Toyota and Subaru. It's a Subaru mm -hmm. motor, but mostly Toyota body. Um, that's impressive a, car. It's a nice, it's a rear-wheel drive car. It's a great-looking car. I think it handles real well. And uh, you know, Subaru has the same thing in a BRZ, mm -hmm. um, but they, they're stick shift. Yeah, and you know, you can add a turbo to them too. Isn't that fun? Oh, it is fun. <laughs> uh, you know, once you get a turbo, you don't really want to go back. All right, we're gonna head over to Rick's got a 2011 F150. Rick, what's going on? Well, I, I took it in to a local place to get it worked on this week just to have the rear differential and front differential gear oil changed on. I said, go ahead and change out the fuel filter. Well, he called me back after he worked on it. He says the fuel filter was in the gas tank. And I said, what? I, I don't know where it's at, but I said, that's kind of unusual, isn't it? Not you, anymore. You know not, not anymore. That's pretty much where they put them. They either, A, like Hyundai will have them in the fuel tank where you actually pull the pump up and out, and there's a fuel filter in there. And you change the fuel filter in there on some cars, but they are just running a very, very fine. Yeah, these flex fuel trucks and everything. I mean, they. I mean, you're just stainless steel line all the way to the front. There is yep. no filter. Yep. Yep. You. It, it is so weird. Is that, and, is, is that replaceable filter? I mean, is that something you need to replace? I got 130,000 on this truck right now, and I've never. Wait done till it. you need a fuel pump, and then you got them both at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. At the same yeah, time. Yeah. No. 
gas used to be many years ago we're talking 50 plus years ago or even 100 years ago used to be dirty dirty you fill up your tank it was just dirty but now that you're putting them in stainless steel or you're putting them in plastic tanks and yeah you don't got those problems you've got filters at all the pumps that you know we we, we changed quite quite frequently at, at, at our stations so the the gas is just cleaner all the way around so yeah it's in the tank does it make okay, sense to well, change it? No, I, you, we honestly don't do that too too much. General Motors has gone to the point where you just there is no fuel filter in there. The sock in the bottom of the uh, fuel pump is just so fine, and the gas is is so much cleaner that we don't really. Even when we do get a pump go bad, I mean that sock at the bottom is still in good shape. Good, yeah, it's not reusable. Yeah. Do you see a lot more injectors being plugged? No, because no. there is no filter. None. No. You just don't see injector problems anymore like you used to. They used to leak, you know, externally, but you know. The, I bet I haven't done a fuel filter in eight years. Yep. Yeah, we did one the other day, but it was a '98. Yeah. And we expect that, but no, fuel injectors seem to stay clean. You know, run some, uh, you know, for, BG44K if you want through there on a full tank of gas. That'll clean those injectors out. Run some premium every once in a while. That that will help. You don't have to run it all the time, but it'll certainly help it. The detergent in premium will will certainly clean out the injectors, but nah, save your money there. All right, great. I'm sure there's other things there that, that you want to get now that we saved you 150 bucks. Yeah, get exactly. the grill guard you want. <laughs> yeah, get, get the roll bar. Yeah, get, get the, the roll KC bar. lights on it. There you go. Some dice in the windshield. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking my next tank of gas will be about that. Well, yeah. it could be. It could be. Yeah, you know, and, and then that's why I mentioned the 44K. Use that on a full tank of gas, and it will. It's a very concentrated cleaner, and it will do a lot of the same thing. But you know, who yeah. makes that? Uh, BG. You can you can find it in any. Well, you know, we sell it at our stores, but um, you know, BG products is any and, parts and store has. Yeah, look look it up. Look it up online. Just BG okay. products, and then uh, just punch in your zip code, and you'll find it. You'll find it. Like I say, we sell it to stations. Right, yeah, we, good. we believe in it. So appreciate the call. <laughs> Hi, thanks. So yeah, yeah. You know, just you just don't have injectors go bad so much anymore. No. You know, probably I'm sure diesels do, but uh, that's kind of still a a common ish problem. But gasoline, you just don't have that much anymore. Not no more, thank God. It's the intakes that get all plugged up. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right, five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a bit. All right, we are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 numbers to get in. Uh, we're Buchanan Service Centers. 80th and Dodge, 50th and Dodge, and Dodge. And guaranteed breaks, 49th Avenue and Dodge. We're on Dodge. 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 All right, we're going to blast back into the calls. We've got a full bank. We're going over to Steven with an 06 Hyundai Santa Fe. Seatbelt issue. What's going on today? Well, the driver's slide side recoils slow after you unlatch compared to the other three. Is there a way to rewind that spring, whatever? For the recoil? After you've unlatched the shoulder harness, seatbelt part, and it goes to the left, it recoils very slow. Sometimes get oh. caught in the door. Yeah. It get... Is it twisted at all? Nope. Okay. Nope. You, yeah. pull, you pulled it's it all like a straight ribbon. Yeah, yeah, you pulled it all the way out and checked that. Yeah. Um, yep. Not really. No. I mean, you're going to have to get it all apart, and I can tell you that spring in there is going to go flying. Yeah, there has never been a way to. Yeah, there's never been a way to to rewind them. Um, I think personally that they have gotten uh, 
a lot less force on them than they'd used to. You mm-hmm. know, back in the old days, back in the, you'd let go of one in the, in the 80s, and it's like, wing, and just kind of go flying out of your hand. And uh, maybe too many windows got broke or something along that line. I don't know. But, no, you're just going to – you're going to get a new one. That's what you're going to do. You're going to pull that piece apart and get a new one, and uh, that's where you're going to go. Thank you for that piece of advice. You bet. Good show. Thank you. Appreciate you calling. (laughs) Okay, sir. Or or a used one, too. But I don't know. Do they even sell used seatbelts with that? Because that's got an airbag. Pretensioner on it? Uh, probably not. Yeah, probably not. But you know, a new one. What, what? We might as well have the best spring possible. Yeah. You know. Let's take four minutes and talk about the evolution of the seatbelt. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the days, we just had the lap belt, and that didn't save any lives. And then we had the retractable one that kind of went up your pillar and. Now here we are, back to where we started. Yeah, I used to have the ones that remember you just clipped in over top of the. The door frame. Yeah. And then they yeah. Open the door and then drive up. And yeah. On, on our on the Chevelle we got is it just it. I got rid of that. Yeah. I need a seat belt. In the old days, you just hit something and went flying around. And of course, you got hurt too. So yeah. Cars are much safer. Wear your seat belt. Oh three. We're gonna go to Tom. Tom's got an O three Santa Fe. Tom, Santa you Fe got day. You got yeah Santa Fe oh. day. You got a seat belt problem? No, it's not a seat belt problem. Wow. I've got a. <laughs> Thanks for taking my call. Oh, and, uh, absolutely. Anyways, the problem I have is uh, it's only done it probably two or three times, and it's over quite a length of time. I don't know. I might say six to eight months at least. But um, I'll be driving along on the on the uh, expressway here in Omaha, and all of a sudden my car will start slowing down, and it won't go above 40, and sometimes it will even be slower than that, and it will start lurching and stuff and i'm afraid it's gonna stop and i'll get home and then i'll park it and uh i'll go out and drive it again later on to try it and uh it'll it'll run fine again after that but so i don't know if it's a gas problem or if there's something where a filter's plugged or whatever but you got any check engine lights yeah um any check engine lights i'm sorry any check engine lights on any lights on the dash no Hmm. So other than so when this problem doesn't happen, it seems to be fine. You know, you can go foot to the floor, you can go hundred mile an hour, everything seems to be good. Right. I had a I had a mechanic check it out one time and he couldn't find anything. <laughs> so well, it's with, a mystery to me. With no check engine light on and a power loss issue, I'm thinking mass airflow sensor, map sensor, something like that. Yeah, some kind of sensor that just reports what it sees. You yep. can hold your hand over uh-huh. a mass airflow sensor, pretty much stall an engine, and it won't ever set a code. Yeah, because it's just reporting what it sees. If your circuit's fine and it's reporting, then there's no yeah. need for a light. Does it happen more yeah. when it's cold or hot? Anything like that? Uh, no, I haven't noticed anything as far as the temperature-wise that affects it. Uh, now that I think about it, you said something about it, lights being on. I have a, a check engine light that's uh, been on, but it's just a malfunction. It, they told me it needs to be uh, taken out but I, or replaced or whatever. I haven't replaced it, though. Well, what, um, was, what was that? Do you remember? It, it says a check engine light, but I had the car checked out, and they said there wasn't anything wrong with it. And, and it, it may not the, be. The light, was, fa- yeah, the light was faulty, they said, on it. Mm. Well, you know, um, back in those... Oh, back in that day, they did have a problem with uh, purge valves, 
you know, dumping vapors into the tank and maybe you're dumping a lot in at one point um, into the engine. And I mean, that could kind of flood things out and cause problems, but usually that would cause it to stall. Yeah, um, you get a rich yeah. load or something yeah, out of it. Yeah, agreed. It, it, it doesn't actually stall. I mean, it doesn't actually stop on me. I can still drive it, but sometimes I'll even be going as slow as like 10 miles an hour and they'll start picking up again, but it'll never go above, uh, like I said, or above the 40 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. So, I, I agree with um, Kyle. I, I think you need to start at the basics. I think you need to start with pulling the mass airflow sensor off there, cleaning that. Um, that can certainly cause problems, and they will cause dry, weird drivability problems. Uh-huh. Um, you don't have any okay. kind of you don't have any kind of exhaust problems because uh, we know that when it runs, it runs great. Yeah, exhaust doesn't fix itself. Nope, nope. It's plugged. Yeah. It's going to be plugged forever. A fuel pump might be causing that problem. The only other way that you can do that is to uh get your mechanic to put a fuel pressure put a fuel pressure gauge on it and drive it and when it happens you know is that fuel pressure staying right where it's at or is it starting to fall off that can certainly be cause of it um we put a fair amount of fuel pumps in in hyundai santa fe's the earlier ones the earlier ones we did we certainly did um so that's the only reason i bring that up is because we had did do a lot of them did a lot of ascending units but we also did fuel pumps too okay yeah well i I got a second. That's my secondary car. So I guess the other option is I can donate, and I don't have a problem with it anymore. Yeah, or you can <laughs> you can trade cars with your wife, and the problem's gone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, anyways, well, I'll I'll check those things out, and I appreciate appreciate the advice. You Thank bet. You. Keep us updated if we can help some more. Appreciate the call. Okay. Thanks. Goodbye. You bet. Yeah, it's you know, intermittents are just the absolute. Toughest thing to Weren't fix. were we just talking about an intermittent off the air? Yeah, we were. Yeah. We were just talking about an intermittent of a battery that goes dead every two weeks. And uh, it is just, yeah, literally, it could be from one end of the bumper to the other end of the bumper, to the ceiling, to the floor, because they stick oh, things okay. everywhere. And a module is something that gets run electronically, and your windows have modules now. Um, everything has a module. So you can go on the upwards of... You used to have one PCM that covered everything. Yeah. Now you can have upwards of 50, 60 modules in a car. One of them can be shorted, causing the battery to go dead. And if it happens once a week, every two weeks, it's just, you know, it's close your eyes and point. You yeah. just don't know. Could be a cigarette so. lighter module. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have those anymore. Kyle, no more cigarette. Power cigar, outlet modules. Power Sorry. outlet module. Yes. Yes. We, we, we're, we're changing the terminology. Same thing. All right, we're going to take a quick break. 558-1110 is number to get in, and we'll be back in a minute. The Mr. Mechanic Show is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Professionally fixed right and fixed on time. Two locations, 79th and Dodge and 50th and Dodge in Omaha. Bank. If you're looking to buy a vehicle or refinance your loan from another bank, Northwest Bank will give you 1% of your loan as cash back up to $250. Buy that new car, truck, boat, or camper and take advantage of this offer. Available for a limited time and some restrictions apply. Minimum loan amount $5,000. Call 800-678-4105 or online at nw.bank for details, bank locations, and to apply online. Northwest Bank. Member FDIC. Cars, trucks, and SUVs are just Happier at Buchanan Service Center. Routine maintenance, tire replacement, AC work, and so much more. At Buchanan Service Center, it's our job to fix it right and fix it on time. Buchanan's Service Center, 79th and Dodge and 50th and Dodge in Omaha. 
Kill 99 to 100% of the dangerous Emerald Ash Borer Insect with Lanahaw Nursery's tree injection treatment. It's fast and protects your tree. For more information, call one of our experts at the Garden Center at 402-289-1788. Lanahaw Nurseries, 192nd and Center. Every three seconds, there's a new victim of identity theft. A criminal could be applying for loans in your name or even selling your personal info on the dark web. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock monitors your info and alerts you to potential identity threats. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but with LifeLock, it's easy to help protect yourself. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code NEWS. What's for dinner? Burgers? After last week? No thanks. Avoiding foods due to fear of diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools? It may not be just stomach issues. It could be EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. EPI can cause uncomfortable symptoms because it's a condition where the pancreas doesn't release enough digestive enzymes to break down food. But EPI can be managed. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor about your symptoms. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by Abby. Sorry, I'm I'm lost after the last commercial. So uh, okay, we're gonna go right back into the into the calls. We're on the Mister Mechanic show. Uh, where, where are we going to? Steve. Steve's got an 07 Jetta. Steve, what's going on? All right, 2017 Jetta. It's an automatic. Um, when I come up to a red light, uh, right as the transmission, I can tell downshifting as I'm braking. It'll get to about a thousand RPMs and dip down to like probably five or six hundred and the lights will dash like the lights on my dash will dim the uh the fan will slow down i just noticed it but on these 90 plus degree days as i come to a red light almost like the car the car is going to idle way down and shut off but it never quite shut off so i was wondering if it's an alternator problem the battery or maybe a transmission problem i think you need to clean the throttle plates i do too so you've got a minimum air <laughs> requirement for that car to run and when you start turning on the fan and the uh, air conditioning and, and it's downshifting and everything else, you got a hell of a, hell of a load. You do. You got a you got a, a big load on it, and it's coming down to the point where it wants to die because uh, I think your minimum airflow is not where it should be. So sure. that okay. that's where I'd probably that's where we would start first is it's cleaning that you know, throttle body. Got it. Ten four sounds yeah. easy. Yeah, well, and, and you also got an idle air control valve too that, that can be an issue, um, and because that's the more air you give it, the higher the idle is going to go. The less air you give it, the lower the idle is going to go. And if that valve is not reacting as quick as it should, um, you'll have the same kind of problem because it's it's only worked a couple million times in uh, in this car's life so far. So that you know that's something else that that can cause a problem. Clean those throttle plates. I've right. it fixed. Yep. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yep. Appreciate the call. All right. We're going to head over to John. John's got a refrigerant question. John, go ahead. Yeah. Hello, fellas. I've got an F9, or a F-150 19, mm-hmm. 2019 Ford. Mm-hmm. And on the 1234YF, first question, can you use the same manifold pressure gauges as you used on the R134A? You can, but you have to change the couplings. Yeah, the couplings are are, are not going to hook up the uh, the same. 
the the okay, one, couplings are different. The and oil you're not going to be able. Sure, it's not a problem. The but, oil is different also. So then that's a, is that would be a contaminant to the system. Yes. yes. You're not going to want. Are you going to? Are you thinking about trying to put 134 where that's at? No, I'm okay. just thinking Don't about do that. maintenance. No, it's the fittings are different. You cannot put a 134 fittings onto the. Uh, the keg on, is different. You can't. You're not going to be able to screw okay. it on. Yeah, they made are, they made everything different. All right. How do the what are the pressure differentials? Are they about the same as the 134A and R12, or is there a significant difference? You're going to be pretty close to the yeah. same as 134. Yeah. Now in Europe, that is totally different. Their high pressure is well into 2,000 psi, but we don't have that over here. Yeah, not not yeah, not yet. Not yet. Okay. That, that's that's coming, and that's that's a whole different ball game and different system. Yeah, but yeah, they're going to be about the size the same. Your your low pressure is going to be you know what your evaporator temperature is going to be, which is probably the 40-ish, 50-ish range. Yeah, I realize it depends on ambient. So. Yep, yep. Uh, okay, and then the final question on it. You'd, I was listening to your show, and you'd mentioned earlier that it takes a long time. Why is there such a – why is it so much harder, evidently, to run the refrigerant in if it's required than on the older well, these, Freon systems? These machines, they totally change. Like 134A, I mean, you were just an evac, a vacuum, add your oil, and charge it. This yep. one that has a refrigerant identifier. First, it has to suck out a sample of what's in your car, identify it as 1234YF. Then it's going to suck the whole system into a vacuum – after its recovery, and it has to hold vacuum for, what, 10, 15 minutes yep. is the industry standard, and then you can go back into your charge thing. Well, it's going to want to shoot a pound of Freon in there. And to make sure it's not pressure. leaking. Yep. Look at the pressures, and, I mean, if you have a big leak, it's not going to charge it. No, you cannot. Like with the 134, where if it had a leak somewhere, you could charge it up and wait for your and charge it again a week later. Yep, yeah. charge. Yeah, get your vacation over in a weekend and come back and it's all gone. It, it will not let you do that now. So no. if if you've got a leak somewhere, they um, do not want refrigerant in the atmosphere. So yes. they're doing everything they can to make so sure. Where, is there a sensor in the system or something that detects that leak? I guess what controls the fact that you cannot charge it? The machine. It won't let the compressor turn on or what? The no, machine. we're talking about the machine we're using to charge it. So the, the, okay. machine, the machine does a vacuum test, and if it doesn't hold vacuum uh, from the get-go, it fails. And if it, if it passes that, then it shoots a pound of refrigerant in, and if it passes that test, then you can go ahead and charge it. If it doesn't pass that test, then it won't. It won't even allow you to charge it. You, now you've got to go find a leak before you can move that's on. That's done. That's controlled then by your. You're telling me that's controlled by the uh, system that charges it. There's, in other yes. words, there's no way to buy that refrigerant in, in a keg or a can no. and run it into the system. You, no, you're not going to be able to do it the old way with a manifold. No, at least not yet. Anyway, they haven't come out with it. You got to have a license in order to buy that stuff. Uh, you can't just go say, I want a keg of that refrigerant. Yeah, you got to have a license and a line of credit. <laughs> and a line of credit because <laughs> the kegs are $500. Well, I mean, it's 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 not, no. It's a, yeah, but you can, you can still get R12 if you yeah. look hard enough. Yeah. Well, they put a bunch of safeguards in there to make sure that the normal guy ain't going to do it. So. Yeah. All right. I appreciate the okay, call, John. Thank you so much for your efforts. You bye bet. Bye. Kyle, we are done with another Mr. Mechanic show. We're going to do this all again next week. 558 is 1110 is the numbers to get in. I'm Bob. Kyle. See you next week.